0: Folks, we're doing a message series where we're talking about asking and trying to answer the question, who is Jesus in his own words? And so what we're unpacking over the course of, this will be a couple of parts. Uh, we're going to do three or four weeks this time, and then uh, in, uh, in another month or so, we're going to take on the last of Jesus' seven statements where he began with the phrase, I am. And these are just really key points if you're going to understand who Jesus is. And at each point, we're going to see that it all relates to life, that if you begin to understand and accept Jesus for who he is, that it will change your life. Last week, we talked about Jesus as the bread of life. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about Jesus as the light of the world. So you see sort of the the little symbol there of the light uh, just at the top center uh, light's really important. In fact, I, I think just to illustrate it for a little bit, would would you ter- mind turning down the lights here today? Yeah, just turn them right down. Yeah. So you know, uh, things are mostly the platform lights actually, just the platform lights. Want to just illustrate something um, that you know, without light, it's dull. It's uh, it's it's hard to see. It's hard to focus. Your mind can wander. But if you turn the lights up, let's just throw them on full right now. It's like, oh, ah, okay. Like what a difference it makes, right? Yeah. Like light is so key and vital. I mean, we have light all over the place. We have night lights, right? So we're not fumbling around and stumbling around in the dark at nighttime. I know there are night lights all over my house and they're really helpful for sure. Uh, we, uh, we get fascinated with lighthouses. And I mean, how many songs? I could not count the number of songs that have lighthouses in them. Some people collect lighthouses. Uh, I, there, there's, uh, I was just meeting somebody just a little while ago, last week. Uh, their, their aim is to visit all the lighthouses in PEI. And, of course, they serve such a vital uh, function, especially uh, many years ago before GPS and all of that stuff, right? Um, and, and light, we use light. It's, it's, it's kind of gotten worked into the vernacular of our culture. Like when we talk about hope, we talk about there being what at the end of the tunnel? Light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, this morning, we'll talk about wh- when things are, are hard, that you're in a dark place, right? You've heard that phrase before. So light is absolutely, you can't escape that image of light And in the midst of it, the Bible, of course, started the very opening chapter of Genesis. You see light break out. In Genesis 1, verse 3, God said, there was darkness, there was chaos, and God said, let there be light. And then just tracing the story of what God did throughout his story, light pops up over and over again. Uh, You see it in the Psalms where Where it's so important to the psalm writer. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 119, 105, that great passage of the Bible that speaks about the truth of God's words, says, Your word is a light to my feet, or lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Right? So light pops up over and over again. Um, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, uh, God's servant, who we know to be Jesus, is to be a light to the Gentiles. In other words, that God's good news isn't just for like a small, closed group of people, right? It doesn't turn inward, but it shines outward. And Jesus is going to reach out to people like us with the good news. And then light, of course, it it all culminates up to the coming of Jesus. Where Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 12, and I encourage you to look through that whole chapter because uh, there, there are a lot of important things about light in that chapter, what it means that Jesus is the light. Here's what Jesus said. Considering all that history of light, all that light means, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light of light, a uh, life rather, or the light that leads to life. So the background of this uh, Most people think that Jesus was speaking directly after, or in the context of John chapter 7, which gives us a little clue of what's going on at this time around Jesus. It is the Feast of Booths. Now, I'm sure, like me, probably not real familiar what the Feast of Booths is all about. used to be called the Feast of Tabernacles. Basically, think tents. It's the Feast of Tents. It's the time in Israel's history where, and and every year they had festivals to remember the amazing things that God did. This festival, the festival of booths, is where they set up tents and remembered that the people of God, when they came out of Egypt and went through the Exodus, as they went through the desert, they didn't live in houses, they didn't live in castles, they didn't live in anything permanent, they lived in tents. And so the Feast of Booths was all about remembering God's faithfulness in leading his people through the desert. And in the midst of that festival, it said in Jerusalem that uh, every night, four humongous lamps were lit. And in fact, uh, the, the the wicks to the lamps were actually the priest's clothes. They took their old clothes and they tore them and they, they made wicks. But they, each of these four lamps was 65 liters of oil. And they would burn all through the night. And it was said that every courtyard in Jerusalem could could see that light and was bathed in that light. That was, that was what they would say about it because the temple was high and it was on a hill and people could see. And again, the, through that, every night it was said there were torches and there was dancing all through the night. The city was ablaze with light at the time that Jesus was saying these words. And this was reminding people of uh, the, the wilderness wanderings where it was said that there was a pillar of fire through the night. There was a pillar of cloud in the day that would guide God's people to the promised land, but a pillar of fire at night when they needed it most. And so it's right in the midst of this festival, we think, that Jesus was making this really important claim saying he is the light of the world. And that caused a whole lot of questions. When he made this public statement, I am the light of the world, people remembering all the things that God said about, well, God's the light, right? People started raising questions of Jesus. Jesus, what are you? who are you to say that you're the light of the world? It's a huge claim, which we're going to unpack in just a minute. And so this, it's so helpful as we read John 8. And I encourage you to read through John chapter 8 because over and over again, they're asking questions to clarify, okay, well, who are you if you're saying you're the light of the world? And so at least three points in John chapter 8, in verse 24, you'll see that Jesus is uh, saying this about himself. So there, this is one of the first conversations that he has. And in verse 24, uh, there's, they're asking a question about Jesus. Who are you? And he says, you're from below. I'm from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. And there's that statement, I am, again, right? Those seven statements, Jesus said, I am this. I am that. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And it's all hearkening back to Exodus chapter 3 where God announces, this is his name, I am. You know, you are temporary, you are, your lives are frail, you're fragile. This world is so fleeting, but I am. I am permanent, I am one you can trust, I am the faithful one. Uh, it, things might crumble around you, but I am. And Jesus is saying, this is he. And, and then if you look in verse 28, You'll see a similar kind of a statement. They ask to clarify because they're starting to say, well, did we hear him right? He's claiming to be I am? Verse 28, he says this, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, Jesus is looking toward his crucifixion, then you will understand that I am again. And Jesus is making this bold claim. And of course, they don't let that one go either, right? Because they're starting to get this picture that Jesus is making this bold, huge claim that he is God and it all comes to a head in verse 58, where they say, okay, well, wait, no, you're saying that you existed before you were born in this world, you're making all these claims, and then they say, how can, how can you say all this? And then Jesus answered in verse 58, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And then you can read for yourself how they, it flipped a switch, they totally freaked out, and they tried to kill him. Because they understood it, that he was claiming to be the light of the world, he was claiming to be God. Who is Jesus? And I think when he claimed that he was the light of the world, he made a hugely important claim. And not only is he claiming to be the light, but he's claiming to be the light of life. And often you'll find that, that what Jesus is claiming to be, it's often paired with life. Because he is the life. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, we started this whole year saying, quoting from it, Jesus made this promise. He he said, I have come that you would have life and life to the full. That's the point. Jesus is full of life, and he wants to change your life. He's the light that changes your life. And and of course, you, you noticed how it's all paired with that without him, that we die. We die in our sins, Jesus said. We, we die without hope, we die without purpose. So I'm going to take a moment now and talk a little bit about what does this mean. Now, if you took a look at Jesus' teaching, you would see that it is really about changed lives. The first changed life you would see is in the story that just appears just before Jesus is the Light of the World. It's about a woman who was taken in adultery. She was caught. So she was, was caught and she was guilty and they were going to punish her. They were going to kill her. They were going to stone her. And, and you all know that story, right? This, this amazing story where Jesus intervenes and they were trying to shine the light on her sin and Jesus flipped the light around and turned it on them, her accusers, and saying, you take a look at your life and whoever's without sin cast the first stone and they all dropped their rocks and they went away one at a time. And so Jesus comes, there's this beautiful scene at the end of that story in John chapter uh, 8, uh, verses 10 to 12. You'll see that Jesus has this conversation with her where she starts to realize that she truly is forgiven and set free. And then Jesus said, Go now and leave your life of sin. So this is an illustration of a real life situation of someone who is, has failed, who is broken. And Jesus heals them and lifts them up. And that's an amazing story of what light light means in your life too. I mean, hasn't there been a time in your life where you've stumbled and you've fallen and you've blown it and you've failed and you feel like you're on the garbage heap? What it means when Jesus is the light is that, yes, of course he sees what you've done. And he wants you to acknowledge what you've done, to turn from it, to repent of it, to be sorry for it. But then light shines because he forgives you and he takes what's broken and he says, the past is the past. It's as far as the east is from the west. I've removed it from you. You are free. That's light. That's a real life story that happened right around the time Jesus was teaching that he is the light of the world that shows you what light can look like in your life. And then there's another story. If you flip ahead a little bit, to the next chapter, John chapter 9, you'll see an amazing story where Jesus has these confrontations with, uh, with the religious leaders about a man who was born blind, and he healed him. And Jesus took that opportunity in the chapter to say that he is the light of the world. He brings light to people. So get this. What you see is someone who's suffering, someone who is struggling, someone who's broken through no choice of their own. So really different, right, than that woman caught in adultery. She was caught. She was guilty. This man was innocent, but he was suffering. And Jesus healed him. He opened his eyes. He set him free. So in that story, we see that Jesus can bring light to us. And he's the light of the world who heals, who restores what's broken. I love it. Hasn't he done that in your life? Or maybe you're still waiting. Maybe you're still praying. Maybe you're still, you know, holding Jesus at arm's length saying, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know, Jesus, if you're for me or not. Or you're trying to fill your life with so many other things or trying to find your healing somewhere else or your fulfillment and meaning in something else. But if you would choose Jesus, he would heal you in the deepest way, body, soul, and spirit. Jesus is for healing. He walks with you in your suffering. He heals us in our suffering. And that way, Jesus is the light. Were you ever afraid of the dark? Uh, people who, uh, I, I found in my life, people who have lived in cities their whole life, they don't know what dark is like. And so I remember when I was a, uh, when I was a teenager, one of the great experiences of my life was there was this traveling Christian choir from Baylor University. And uh, they came and they were billeted at my house. So uh, my mom had the foresight and she was very hospitable to have them sleep over at our place. And it was like, it was like three guys, right? And so I was just a, you know, a young teenager. And here are these guys who are following Jesus and like really musical. And I really, even in the short time I knew them, I looked up to them. And, but, and they were really fun too because they were still, they hadn't lost their childlike spirit, right? They were still in university, really adventurous. Anyway, uh, some of you have heard me tell the story before. Uh, my grandparents lived really close and they were hospitable and they billeted the girls, Three of the girls. So, you know, the guys talked about, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I wonder where the girls are staying. And so the girls were at my grandparents' place. And so I said, yeah, let's go, uh, I don't know, play a prank on them or something like that. And so we went. Uh, my grandfather did have shotguns and probably should have thought a little bit ahead on that one. But <laughs> uh, anyway, so we, we had, and, and, and so, you know, it's not lit, right? It's out in the country. And the path I would always take my grandparents was through the woods, so we went through the woods in the dark. And I still remember, I mean, one of these guys, he was like 300 pounds and six foot four. And they're following behind me and I feel them shaking. It's like, are you sure you know the way that we're going? It's like they were those fraidy cats out in the dark because they'd never experienced it before. That's sometimes how the dark can make us feel, uncertain, right? Uh, and and I, I think in a much more serious way, the reality is that there is darkness in this world. And how does that make you feel? Let's think about that for a moment. There's the darkness of lies. There's, the, there's lies and untruth. And, and t- I'm not talking about fake news here, okay? Sorry, I, I, I don't mean to offend anybody, but fake news is a joke. It's about truth and untruth. And there are a lot of lies that are circulating out there. Not just about pol- politics and stuff like that, but it's stuff that's really important, right? The lies that we believe. There's violence, and man, did that, I mean, that came home to all of us this, year, this week, right? And thinking about that flight that departed from Iran, that, you know, all those 170 some souls never, never came back from. And then to think, you know, like all the turmoil that's happening in Iran right now, like that's darkness, isn't it? Do you feel that? I think we all felt that this week. There, there's the darkness of sin. The Bible talks about that quite a bit. When we stumble when we fall, when we fail, when, when that happens, it's darkness in our lives. There's the darkness of suffering as well, right? Being in a dark place, losing hope. We meet so many people, and I think it's touched a lot of, a lot of our lives, especially with depression, Right? There's a darkness that, 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 that's felt, right? There's darkness there. But there's more than that. There's injustice. There's this gap between rich and poor and those that are struggling. There's prejudice. There's racism. You know, it's, it's dark when, when you get judged or in a judgy place, right? Like that's dark. It's a dark place. There's a lot of darkness out there. And, and, and so it's no surprise. Do you know what the evil one is called? He's called the accuser, you know, that's to do with the lies, but he's called the prince of darkness, prince of darkness. So how is Jesus, I want to ask now in a a moment, how is Jesus the light of the world? And how do you live in that light? The first way that we live in the light is to believe in the light. So one of, one, of the, one of the themes as you trace light through the Bible is light shines and exposes lies for what they are. Now, like I say, it's more serious than fake news. It is the lies that our soul believes. I mean, those ones really matter to me. The lie that you're worth nothing. The lie that you're, you're worthless, the, the, the lie that you're not loved, the, the, the lie that you're alone, the, the lie that you're not cared for. Those are lies that the soul often gets sucked into and believes. And I know, I know you, you've bought into those sometimes, right? Didn't want to, but couldn't help it, right? Jesus shines a light on those and says, no, that's wrong, that's garbage. Those are lies, It's the very opposite. You are loved, you are chosen, you are precious to me. That's light shining in darkness. The light makes things visible, lies for what they are. Light is truth. And and, and one of the things that happens in our culture too, right, I I think is uh, we kind of lose sight of is it really matters what you believe. I know that sounds like an old school kind of an idea, right? Because, of course, we live in a culture where we try to respect what other people believe. Well, you can respect what other people believe, but don't ever get fooled into thinking that it doesn't matter what you believe. You can believe this and, and this, and it's all equal. No, you are on a search for truth to understand what is real. And that's why these questions like who Jesus is, like that's a really important question. Because if Jesus is lying, if the Bible is somehow trying to pull one over on you, you need to figure that out. Because truth is important. But that's why in in my whole life, I've been on a search for that truth. And I have found and confirmed over and over again that Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. It matters what you believe. It does. Uh, The second way that we live in the light is to be pure in the light over and over again the bible talks about uh, darkness and one of the ways that john so john's gospel he wrote uh he wrote the witness of those words john 8 12 jesus is the light of the world interesting in Jan- uh, john first john his letter here's what he writes in first john chapter one he says this this is the message we heard from jesus and now declare to you god is light and in him is no darkness at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in darkness, spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin. So the idea here is to live in purity and live in integrity. It matters how you live. And if you want to follow Jesus and live in the light, it's, it's, a, it's growth in what the Bible calls holiness. We're setting ourselves apart for God. We don't live like the rest of the world. When the world says, well, it doesn't matter if you choose this or choose that, we say, no, 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 it's not true. It just God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? How can I be pure in this world? That's living in the light. And so you'll often find that God shines a light on you. Some of us call us our conscience and we kind of joke around, you know, if you've seen the old Disney movie, right? Like Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder. Or you think about a little angel on one shoulder, a little devil on the other shoulder, right? But the truth of the matter is it's God's Holy Spirit shining light in your life where you're convicted to say, listen, if I keep on going down this path, if I keep on choosing this habit, it's going to wreck my life. It's going to dishonor God. This is how we live in the light. We choose God's ways. When you're suffering, I think it's getting to that place, it's the hardest thing to do, right? When you're in that dark place, and again, it could be your mental health. It could be a sickness that you're bearing. It could be a relationship that's fragmenting. It could be stuck under the weight of bills or uncertainty about the future. You can get in a dark place. And one of the hardest things to do, right, in that lonely dark place that you're in, is to reach out for the light. But maybe some of you might be there now, where you're in a dark place. And you could say, yeah, that's me. I'm in a dark place. You know I'm not saying it's simple, it's any like simple formula, but those are the times when it's absolutely critical that we, we, we see that Jesus is the one who longs to heal and He loves you and to reach out for that light. And then let's not forget that Jesus turns around and he says, uh, "Yeah, I'm the light of the world," Jesus says. But then he tells us in Matthew chapter five verse. 14 and 15, you're the light of the world. So God wants you now to go out and shine the light of his hope and his truth and how he's changing your life to people around you and be witnesses to that light. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the encouraging words. And now I pray that you would help us to, uh, to live for you to let your light shine in our lives in all the ways we talked about today, and then, all, Lord, to shine your light to others. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.